0: I'm Hannah Kaplan, and this is the WCS Wild Audio Podcast, where you'll find reported audio stories covering the latest news and newsmakers from the Wildlife Conservation Society's Global Conservation Program, zoos and aquarium, and their many partners. We've got a great show today, so let's get to it. August 10th is World Lion Day. To learn more about how these majestic felines are doing across their range in Africa, and how WCS is working to conserve them, we turn to WCS's chief big cats expert and his colleagues in Uganda. There, anti-poaching efforts and community-based conservation to reduce human-wildlife conflict are part of a larger strategy to recover lion populations across East and Central Africa.
1: Nat Moss has this report. Despite their reputation as king of the jungle, lions are actually vulnerable. I mean, officially. The International Union for Conservation of Nature has designated lions as vulnerable on their global red list of threatened species. Tigers are higher up on the list in the endangered category, so perhaps it's not surprising that efforts to protect them now provide insights for the conservation of their African cousins. WCS has
2: been very invested and very focused on conservation of the tiger for decades. And that's been a really strategic and very necessary approach and focus, I think, because the tiger has been declining so rapidly. And I think WCS really committed to conserving that species. So in collaboration with range state governments, you know, designed a bunch of interventions and programs. We're now seeing the results of that where tigers are recovering. And so at WCS, we've been able to look at the successes with tigers and start thinking about how to apply that to the lion in Africa.
1: That's Luke Hunter, who heads the WCS Big Cats program. He says that lions are doing relatively well in eastern-southern Africa. In the landscapes where WCS works further north, they face greater challenges, but WCS is highly engaged to tackle them head-on. Two threats to lions that WCS is working hard to address in landscapes stretching from Tanzania and Uganda west to Cameroon and the Central African Republic are hunting and poaching on the one hand and retaliatory killing of lions for predation of livestock on the other. WCS Uganda's Joshua Mabonga says the killing of lions is often the unintended result of snares set for other species being hunted for their meat. It's a particular problem, he says, in Uganda's Murchison Falls National Park.
3: Uh, There's a study that found that Maction Falls has the largest uh, snare density in Africa. So there's lots of uh, bushmeat being taken out, and of course this uh, results in reduction in uh, what the lions have to eat, so it's a very big threat.
1: Luke Hunter
2: agrees. When you get very intense pressure on populations of things like zebras and wildebeest and impala and all the other antelope and ungulate species that lions rely on, then lions really, really struggle to maintain a population, and they start declining.
1: If lion snaring is inadvertent, deliberate lion poaching occurs principally to feed a market for their body parts, which some Ugandans mistakenly believe hold medicinal value. The WCS Uganda Program worked closely with the Uganda Wildlife Authority to reduce poaching, providing financial assistance, but also logistical support and training with the Spatial Monitoring and Reporting Tool, or SMART, which enables rangers to report suspicious activity in real time to their enforcement colleagues. Joshua says these efforts have been successful and lion populations are growing where they've been implemented.
3: In some of the landscape YWCS works, we have um, a substantial increase because of various interventions we've done to uh, reduce the threats to the lions. And uh, yes, so most of these areas are doing well. Uh, however, uh, doing law uh, enforcement activities alone uh, will not reduce uh, poaching. Some other things have to be done, uh, such as uh, reducing human-wildlife conflict, to reduce the uh, retaliation of uh, uh, communities with the wildlife.
1: Retaliatory killing of lions for their predation of livestock is understandable, says Luke.
2: When you get people with livestock in a landscape where wildlife and lions exist, conflict is inevitable, and I think lions are they're particularly vulnerable because you know they're a big, dangerous cat, but also they they live in these big groups. You know they're unique among cats for for living in these big, complicated family groups called prides, and so they're particularly challenging for livestock owners to live with because they're because they can be dangerous to to cattle and sheep and goats and everything that livestock keepers own. So, so resolving conflict between people who keep livestock and lions is uh, another key priority.
1: Caroline Trehebwa is a colleague of Joshua's in the WCS Uganda program. She was born and raised outside of Uganda's urban centers in the kind of rural community that regularly confronts the issue of lion predation on livestock. She's been working to discourage local farmers from letting their animals run free near lion habitat. To promote the idea of corral fencing, Caroline and her colleagues conduct demonstrations.
3: We are building demonstration corrals for people to protect their livestock. We constructed 16 demonstrations that the communities that we started with have adopted. And lion-human conflict has reduced by over 80%. Ever since they got demonstrations, very many people adopted them and have not recorded livestock loss from these communities as a result of lion
1: predation. Caroline attributes her success in part to being raised in a local village.
3: Coming from this very community has helped me. It's easier for me to build the rapport. Communities trust me.
1: This approach to conservation, she says, reflects the growing role of social scientists and their sensitivity to the needs of communities that they work with.
3: Community engagement is very important. That when these communities are Engaged, we are assured of project sustainability. We implement projects or interventions that are initially requested by people right away from project inception. Communities own these projects. Even when the project is gone, the uptake is higher than when you don't involve them. For example, if you are to come to Uganda and you wanted to bring me an iPhone, it's better to ask me, Carol, would you love an iPhone for a gift? I would say, no, iPhone is too technical. Africa, the condition is really bad. It's very expensive. Instead of buying me an iPhone of $5,000, why don't you pay for my master's degree? So when you pay for what I want, it is sustainable. I will love it more than giving me an iPhone that I'm not going to value, though you felt it is much important or can impact me.
1: 1,400 miles west, says Luke Hunter, a different kind of lion success story is playing out in Cameroon. After a period of instability a decade ago, marked by organized elephant poaching carried out by highly armed militias from Sudan, WCS became the chief technical advisor to a transboundary area comprised of Buba Njida National Park in Cameroon and Senaora in neighboring Chad.
2: WCS, again, is prosecuting this model of of going in, of, of bringing resources, of bringing expertise, of working very closely with government rangers, you know, really professionalizing the, the protection, the anti poaching, the patrolling, you know, the effort of rangers to do a good job in protecting the national park. It's still fairly early days because it takes a long time, you know, for these large landscapes to recover from really, really pervasive and long term threats. But um, but what we're seeing now in Buberangita is the very incipient recovery of lion populations. Lion numbers are increasing. The presence of cubs is increasing. We're seeing lots of litters, lots of young cubs. The survival of those cubs is increasing. And so I think the Cameroon program is showing us that you know the recovery of lions is, is possible.
1: You can learn more about WCS's work to conserve lions and other big cats by going to wcs.org. For WCS Wild Audio, this is Nat Moss.
0: Today's episode was produced and reported by Nat Moss with help from Hannah Kaplan and Dan Rosen. The WCS Wild Audio podcast is a production of the Wildlife Conservation Society. Please join us next week for a new episode and don't forget to rate or review the show wherever you get your podcasts.